Come on, somebody, if you know he is, why don't you lift up your voice and declare it in this house? Come on, he is my healer. He is my redeemer. He is my way maker. He is my provider. He is my healer. Hey, everything that I need is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. You ought to shout that name tonight. You ought to shout that name tonight. If you need a healing, it's in the name. If you need deliverance, it's in the name. If you need saving, somebody shout the name Jesus. Man, it feels good to be in the house of the Lord on a Tuesday night. I said it feels good to be in the house of the Lord on a Tuesday night. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. As you're making your way back to your seats. All of our guests and visitors just wanted to echo what was stated earlier. We are thankful that you are here. I pray that you feel at home. I'm just going to go ahead and say it faster. Like Pastor says, if you've been here for more than five minutes. You're already home. So welcome home tonight. Welcome home. That being said, if you are a visitor, you ought to come back on Sunday. And you'll really get to hear some preaching. Amen. Pastor Williams will be home right now. The family is traveling. I know they cover your prayers. If you can lift them up in prayer. Let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6. I struggled a little bit with... with um, with this tonight because I wasn't sure, well, no, I was sure that this is what God wanted me to say, but in my thinking, I didn't see how this would fit anywhere, but um, if there's anything I've learned, it's that you just got to trust God. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to trust God. Ephesians chapter 6, one verse of scripture, verse 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Look at your neighbor and say, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Look at your other neighbor and say, you aren't my enemy. This is going to seem kind of elementary to some, but I think that's okay. Um, I, want, I, want to, I want to talk to us tonight. I really don't plan on being long. I always say that, and I mean it. Um, I, want to, I, want to, I want to talk to us tonight for a little bit on this, this idea, a common goal, a common enemy. A common goal, a common enemy. If you wouldn't mind just placing your Bibles down and lifting your hands just really quick. Let's ask the Lord that he would have his way in this service tonight. Jesus, we need you. God, we can do nothing without you. 
We need you to be the center of it all, God. I need you more than I did the day before. God, we need your glory. We need your anointing. God, your word is already anointed. I pray that you would anoint every hearer in this house. Anoint the ears and the mind of your saints, God, that they would hear and do the word. God, I pray that you would anoint my mind and my lips. These lips of clay, God, hide me behind Calvary. God, help me to deliver the word that you gave to me. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. A common goal, a common enemy. You don't have to look very far in our world today to see that we are divided as a people. You don't have to scroll through social media for very long to realize that we are a divided people. You don't have to go onto the news website and you don't have to go through many clicks to realize that our nation is in turmoil and it is divided. Probably the biggest thing on people's mind right now is the upcoming election. I cannot tell you how many people, or I should say how many posts I've seen about pro this person, anti this person, the benefits of this person, the cons of this person. Now don't get me wrong. As an American citizen, I do believe that you have the right, the God-given right, to exercise your freedom. But can I remind you today that it is still God that sets up kings and takes down kings. I don't care what side of the aisle you land on. I don't care who you vote for in this election. I don't care if you don't vote at all. It's God. Is God is the one that sets them up. God is the one that's in control. I started thinking about this the other day. If we really say that we have trust in God, if we really say that we believe in God, then why are we so worried about who's going to be the next president? If we really say that we put our trust in God and that it's God that has authority over my life and that it's God that's the one that's blessing me and it's God that's the one that has his hand on me, then who gives a care about who's running the country? I don't put my trust in politics. I don't put my trust in a man. I don't put my trust in a seat of government. I put my trust in God. I put my faith in God. When you begin to start looking that way for the answers, when you begin to start leaning on man and on government, government has always failed. Government isn't God. Government isn't the one that determines whether you live or not. Government isn't the one that pays your bills. They're not the ones that provide for you. They're not the ones that heal you. And what saddens me the most is that you see this idea creeping into the church. You see, it seems like every day I'm, I'm going on Instagram and you can have your political view. Don't get me wrong. Do you. Support who you want to support. But when it becomes, I said this last time, and I, I, I just feel God pressing it on my spirit. Maybe because it's my generation. But I just feel like, like saying it again. 
that if you are more concerned about who's running for office and who isn't running for office and who said what and who didn't do what, then you're, you're fighting the wrong battle. You're, you're putting too much effort into the wrong thing. You're focused too much on the wrong thing. You're focused too much on the, on the physical, on the finite. There is still an eternity to gain. And there are still souls to win and to bring along with me. I could care less. I could care less about who's running for office. I could care less about who's going into the White House and who's leaving the White House. If you're really a part of the church, if you're really apostolic, your concern shouldn't be politics. I'm not pastor tonight. So don't take this like I'm trying to pastor and tell you what to do. I'm just trying to say what God told me to say. The world doesn't need another political activist. The world doesn't need... <laughs> The world doesn't need somebody else on Instagram and Facebook tirading for hours and talking about all the injustices in the world and talking about all the race wars and talking about who shot who and who did what. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There is injustice in the world. Don't get me wrong. There is racial tension in the world. There are people dying innocently that shouldn't be dying. But who are you to stop it? Who are you to stop it? If God is really in control, we really need to let him be in control. We're, we're in the last days, people. Things are only going to get worse. I was talking to my mom about this today. Keep hearing people talking about, oh, it's going to get better. There's, there's going to be a turnaround. And things are going to get better. And that may be true. But I'm not hoping for that. I'm not hoping for all of a sudden the world to have an epiphany. And, and, and wake up and realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't be fighting against my brother. And, and for the world to wake up and realize, oh, maybe, maybe we should treat, treat each other fairly. I'm not waiting for the world to get their act together. That's not what God called the church to do. God didn't call the church to be... God didn't call the church to, to, to have its hands in politics and to have its hands. Be careful when you find yourself easily aligning with either point of view. As soon as something comes out, yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, I, I found, you live long enough to realize that once something happens, you, you, you can't just take it for what it's worth, especially when it comes from media. Because there's always another side to the story. There's always something that they're not telling you. Or there's always something that was just hidden. We're fighting against spirits. And the, the sad thing is that this world doesn't realize it. This world has no idea that the spiritual realm is more, is more real than the physical realm. It has no idea the angels and demons that are flying overhead day and night that are warring in the spirit. It has no idea the saints that are crying out day and night. It has no idea. It's time for the church 
to show the world what real unity looks like. They can have their marches. They can have their, their stands. They can shout, say their name, say their name. But I'm telling you today, if you say his name, everything will be all right. If you speak the name of Jesus, everything will work out. I don't have to worry about it. As I was preparing for this, I remember having a conversation with my father a couple weeks ago about David and Saul. I've been stuck in 1st and 2nd Samuel, that whole section right there for forever now. Just kind of digging through it and, and taking my time with it. 1st Samuel chapter 23 verse 1 says, Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Kilah, and they rob the threshing floors. That word Kyla, the city literally means stronghold or fortress. And if you were to look it up on a, on a map, it's, 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 it's set so in, in the hills in such a way and there's rivers in such a way that cause it to be a natural fortified location. It's a safe place, you could say. The enemy, the Philistines were going to Kyla and they were robbing the threshing floors. They were going into the place where the harvest was. They were going into the place where after months and months of preparation and hard work, they were bringing it in and they were stealing all of the produce. They were stealing all of the success, everything that they had gained. They were going into those places and they were taking it. When the enemy tries to enter into your city, the first place, the very first place he will go is to the church. The very first place, it's, pastor said it all the time, the church is the center of the universe. The church is the center of everything. The very first place, the highlight, the pinpointed target on the enemy's map is the church in every city. So it is no coincidence that this is where the Philistines were going. This is where they figured if they could take away the place... If they could take away the place where they brought the harvest in. If they could take away the place. Are you following me tonight? If they could take away the place. If they could, if they could burn down the house where the harvest went, then they could get the city. If they could take out the, the, if they could take out the barns and the places where, where they brought in all the, the produce and they were able to feed the people in the city, then they could take the city. And 1 Samuel 23, 7 and 8 says, And it was told Saul that David was come to Kilah. And Saul said, God hath delivered him into mine hand. For he is shut in by entering into a town that hath gates and bars. And Saul called all the people together to war to go down to Kilah to besiege David and his men. Pay close attention. David was there fighting the Philistines. He was there fighting for the harvest. And as soon as Saul heard about it, the first thing that came to his mind was, aha, I've got him. The first thing that came to his mind was, now I finally got David where I want him. Instead of worrying about the harvest, instead of worrying about the safe places in the city, be careful when you, when you the first sign of a backslider is they stop praying. But one of the second signs is they stop loving the house of God. And they stop seeing the importance of the house of God. 
And what ends up happening is they start turning on each other. They start turning on brothers and sisters. You're not my enemy. I'm not fighting against flesh and blood here. I'm not wrestling against you. There's a city to save out there. And the devil would love nothing more than to get me and you distracted. Would love nothing more. Because if you read down just a little bit further in verse 27, it says, But there came a messenger unto Saul. Saul started making his way to David and said, Finally, I got him where I want him. While David is here trying to fight for the harvest. And the messenger comes to Saul and says, Come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Soon as Saul left his post and started worrying about his brother David, started worrying about what he was doing, started worrying about what he wasn't doing, what he was saying, what he wasn't saying, where he was going, where he wasn't going, started worrying about who he was talking to, who he wasn't talking to, how many Bible studies he's taught, how many Bible studies he hasn't taught, how many souls he's won, how many he's not won. If he gets to sing on the platform, if he's not singing on the platform, if he gets to preach, if he doesn't get to preach, if pastor calls him out and exalts him. As soon as he got his mind set on that, the enemy came in the other way. Be careful. Be careful. The enemy would love nothing more than for me and you to fight. The enemy would love nothing more than for me and you to get distracted with pettiness, with silliness. There is a war going on, and it's not between me and you. There is a war going on, and it's in the heavenlies. It's fought on the knee. It's fought in the spiritual. Now he's got conflict on two fronts. When he should be helping his brother out. When he should be supporting him. Now he's got to fight over here. Now he's got to fight over here. Quit worrying about it. Quit worrying about what they're not doing or what they are doing. He missed the point that David was trying to make. David was concerned about the harvest. If you haven't got it by now, David was concerned about lost souls. David was more concerned about preserving truth. David was more concerned about the word of God. He was more concerned about the house of God. And all Saul could think about was getting revenge. And for what? David never did anything to him. He made it all up in his mind. See, that's what happens when you stop praying. You start making stuff up in your mind. You start hearing things that never happen. You start entertaining thoughts that nobody ever gave to you. You start entertaining gossip. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not. I don't have time. We don't have time. There's too much at stake. There's too much going on for us to get caught up in pettiness. 
for us to get caught up in, 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 in silliness. Somebody looked at me the wrong way. You're going to start an all-out war because of, because of somebody looking at you weird. How do you know they didn't have something in their eye? Well, they had something stuck in their throat. We don't have time. Jesus. Jesus. Four times in the Gospels do we see the word division, the specific word division being used, and each time it's referring to Jesus. They were divided because of him or they were divided because of something he said. And then four more times in the epistles, we, we, we see the word division used. And each time, it's Paul admonishing the church to not be divided. I prayed about it. I said, God, what is this? Why is it? It seems simple. And it, 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 it probably is for most people. But let Jesus do the dividing. <laughs> Quit worrying about... About what somebody's supposed to be doing. God will take care of them. You worrying about your neighbor and you trying to fix your neighbor shows a lack of faith in God. It shows a lack of respect for his authority. Because you think you can tell somebody else what to do or because you think you can step into every situation and somehow play God and somehow work everything out and somehow... It only leads to infighting. And, and all the while, and all the while, saints are coming, or, or, or sinners are coming into the house. They don't need to see, they don't need to see brothers and sisters fighting. They're coming, they're coming out of that. They're coming out of the racial, the racial tension. They're coming out of the political tension. They're coming out of the fighting with their brothers and sisters. And they come in here and the last thing they need to see, the last thing is me and Sister Tabitha arguing about who got to the snack stand first. Or me and Brother Hammond arguing about who got to preach and who didn't get to preach. Or arguing about, about who got to sit on the platform. About who pastor's using and who pastor isn't using. Church, it's time for us to unite together. I know it's cliche, but it's time for us to come together as the body. It's time for the world to see us as one. One flesh united under one God. Baptized into one faith. on every hand lifted in this house I know I didn't preach long I know it wasn't really that deep but can we just lift our hands for just a moment I wonder if we can just link up with a brother with brother with the brother sister with the sister 
Come on, the body needs to unite tonight. Come on, let's pray for one another. God, strengthen them. Strengthen their mind. God, strengthen their resolve. Strengthen their heart. God, I don't want to fight against them. God, I don't want to butt heads with them. God, I want you to bless my brother. I want you to bless my sister. I want you to exalt them, Jesus. I want you to use them, expand their territory. God, anoint their head with oil. Lay your hand on them, Jesus. Bless them like only you can. Come on, let's unite tonight. Come on, let's unite tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are important to me. I need.